Hi, I am Iria Enachimio. Let the truth be told. So, let's get a little protocol out of the way. Let's be very clear. I understand you. I think. You love dissent language. Language that will not offend the sensibilities of God-fearing, water-drinking people. Me too. But I can't help it if I say a little more than you're expecting. It's the fault of those other people who use foul language against me. So, I must beg you to pardon my French because I'm not going to feel the pleasure of those who rubbish me in their songs and dare me to repeat the insults that they haul at me. I am not going to pretend that BS smells any better than bullshit. Look, man wrote the Bible and the Quran and all the other good books. Okay, but they were divine revelations. Still, God didn't write them. The one he wrote was in stone. The Ten Commandments. Moses smashed that one in anger. Man wrote the books and agreed that humanity is one. In fact, some countries proudly declare that they hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But take a cursory look at the map of the world and you will see that man has defied his own humanity and invented invisible lines, even built walls, borders, which he enforces to separate one nation from another, arguably with good reason. In truth, Nature itself separated lands from other lands with water, the great seas, the oceans. However, with the desire merely to win an argument, I could argue that the lands are not really separated. They remain joined together underneath the waters. And I must concede that the artificial lines across the lands may be crossed. It is the lines that have been created in the minds of individuals that are hard to bridge. Those other divisions based on race, tribe, family, and their families, the rich versus the poor, the hungry versus the glutton, those are the real barriers, the ones that dehumanize us the most, that bring out the beast in us. They are the ones that lead to bloodletting. They are the reason why rich and covetous nations will not find the cure for deadly diseases like cancer and diabetes or fight viruses such as coronavirus or eradicate poverty and hunger. Instead, they commit vast wealth to the manufacture of weapons of mass destruction and brag about it. Little rocket man, big rocket man. If Wikipedia can be believed, the world is the earth and all life on it, the whole of the physical universe. So, where do the terms first, second, and third worlds come from? From the twisted minds of bigots, men who need them, who must force them on the rest of us because the concept nourishes their ego and their greed, narcissists with racist, supremacist ideologies, who mindlessly call other nations shithole. They live in the dark ages and are not enlightened enough to recognize humanity as one and that to demean one is to demean all. They say I belong to a third world, those of us from Africa, Asia, Latin America. They call us colored. I suppose they are colorless because, you see, Caucasians are said to be white and in the minds of some, white is not a color. And that's how transparent they are in their whiteness, their colorlessness. They lie. They are pretending to be being nice by adding color to our tag. But what they are actually saying is that they are superior to us. 
that they are a superior race. Some of them openly call us shithole countries. And I must call their ignorance and say, welcome to Atlantis. I will let them know the proud heritage to which I belong. I will remind them of my proud history, my proud heritage, how I am the center of the world, of civilization, of knowledge. Let them look around and behold the rich images of us that surround them, the works of our hands that have been forcibly stolen from us, evidence of the civilization they vandalized, our treasures, our art, our artifacts. In their fogged minds they thank it, but Atlantis lives. They live in its shadow though they do not recognize it. They have drunk of our blood and they are not as white as they think. Countries that created wealth out of the sweat and blood of the people that they have chosen to call third world arrogate to themselves the title of first world. With a good dose of condescension, they call countries of the old communist bloc the second world. They declare them enemy. They leave their knees on our necks and demand that the rest of us should see them as enemy also, being, as they want us to believe, enemies of the friends who enriched themselves through enslaving us with state approval for over 400 years and who intend to enslave us in perpetuity even as they tell us publicly that we were created equal. They say we should turn our backs on the Chinese, that the Chinese are not our friends, that they have territorial ambition. We know that. Should we not know also that those who call us shitholes cannot be our friends? We have known them much longer than we know the Chinese. And if those are the friends we have, I shudder to think how our enemies will treat us. Take the British, for instance. Membership of the Commonwealth once conferred upon citizens of their old colonies the right to visit Britain without a visa. Nigeria remains a member of the Commonwealth. But today, the Nigerian must queue up at the British High Commission before sunrise. And if his visa application is rejected, he risks losing exorbitant visa fees that are as high as the equivalent of his annual savings. Even the British continue to fleece us. If the British can do that, the British with whom Nigeria's sons fought and lost their lives in a war they didn't understand, why should the Nigerian expect better from the Chinese? But it was not the Chinese who came, Bible in hand and rifle in the other, invaded and exploited Africa to the hilt and then dumped her. No, 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 no. No, well, well not, not dumped. But they did a rethink. One day, Eureka! It dawned on them that it could be far more profitable to wait at home in their native lands and cultivate Within the colonies, a species of rogue leaders, vermin, who could be trusted to sell their heritage in return for a fur coat and a Ferrari. Why not? The last time they did, it was for mirrors. And they were right. They handed each colony a horse, but held on to the reins. They granted their conquered people's independence, and the plunder continued effortlessly, carried on by the traitors they left behind. Then they took a vacation. Unfortunately, while they enjoyed their vacation and sunbathed at the beach, the Chinese caught them napping and exploiting the vacuum that the vacation created. The descendants of the traitors, the vermin they groomed, remain, and they are alive in Africa and other former colonies till today, and they continue to breed more of their kind, even more vicious than their ancestors, loyal only to their own greed, and will sell their patrimony to the highest bidder, Chinese or Portuguese. I think the old colonialists want their territories back because 
all of a sudden, attempts to push back competition have intensified. Friends, indeed. Africa needs to face the truth and recognize that every nation and its leaders have a right to protect their national interest and that protecting such interests is not always carried out with the principles of fairness. There are no permanent friends in these matters, only permanent interests. So, if you are not another nation's priority, don't try to force yourself on their priority list. You may only be on their priority list if they have a priority need that you alone can provide. Africa's leaders must shape up or shape out. Her citizens must wake up and hold them to account for their stewardship. That is why Nelson Mandela received such deafening applause when he addressed this matter at a town hall in Harlem in 1990. Asked about his affiliation with some nations whose human rights record the West deemed unacceptable, Madiba did not mince words. He told them, One of the mistakes which some political analysts make is to think that their enemies should be our enemies. They made no pretensions concerning their priorities. When they granted independence to their colonies, they made them sign up their commonwealth to France to compulsorily ship their nation's reserves to the master's bank and receive approved loans from these monies that they earned and banked at high interest rates whenever the master approved. <laughs> the difference between the Chinaman and his white cousin, the Euro-American, is the difference between six and half a dozen. The picture may look like a little skewed. It may look as if having just downed the contents of a bottle of spirits, you began viewing the scene through the bottom of the empty bottle. Never mind. That's merely because the white man no longer has need to hold on to the good book. He has left it in the hands of the African, who is proudly surrounded by whited sepulchres, leaving the white man free to keep both hands on an AK-47 and to call up the nooks if he is angry enough. Why would any people accept that? Tell me. 